people don't want to be directly sold to. They don't want you to chase after them and try and force your offer down their throat. Think of it as like inviting someone to a party. Like everybody wants to be invited to the party. Some people will choose not to go to the party and that's okay. Some people will come to the party. They'll drink all the drinks, eat all the food, chat with everybody. And we love that. Like those are the, those are the people we want at the party, people who are engaged and who want to be there. So think about, you know, when you're attracting clients and customers, try to attract them, you know, send the invitation out, tell them about the party, be excited about the party, you know, ask them if they want to come. And if they say no, if they can't make it, that's okay. It's not about you. They just probably weren't in the mood for the party that night. But if they want to come and they're excited and they're ready and they're going to show up with their best outfit and, you know, the high energy that you want to have at the party, amazing. Welcome those people with open arms. But do not force someone to try and come to a party that they do not want to be at because they will not be happy. They will not be happy. Welcome to the Edge of Everything podcast. If you're an ambitious soul who's ready to master your mindset, become your best self, and manifest your dream life, then you are in the right place. Thank you for being here, and let's get into the episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Edge of Everything podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Autumn, and I'm so excited to have you here with us this week. This week, we're coming back with Monetize Your Magic series. This is episode three, so if you haven't already gone and listened to the first two episodes, I highly recommend doing that before coming to this one. In the first episode, I talked about my journey with how I grew my personal brand and monetized my magic. The second episode, I talked about how to build a powerful personal brand because that is going to lay the foundation for everything we're going to talk about in this episode and the next one. So like I said, definitely go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already, or the first two episodes if you haven't already. So much value dropped in those two episodes. I cannot stress enough how important it is to have the foundation that we built in the last two episodes before coming to this one, because this one we're going to dive like super deep. We're not going to dive deep enough that you're going to get overwhelmed and confused. We're not going to get too deep into strategy or you know, high level stuff, but we're going to go deep enough that you're going to know everything you need to in order to build a really successful business and monetize your personal brand. So go listen to the other two if you haven't. If you're coming to this one and you're ready to dive in with me, get ready, get something to take notes with. As usual, I'm going to send all of this information in the email. And if you're listening to this after the series is over and I'm no longer doing it in real time and you still want the information that I sent out to the email list, I created a massive ebook for you guys with all of the information that was sent to the list and more. This ebook goes super deep and is packed with information and activities to help guide you through starting, growing, and monetizing your brand on social media and working through those mindset blocks that are holding you back from the success and abundance that you desire. So if that's something that you're interested in, the link to get that is in the show notes. And before we dive in, I just wanted to say that originally this was going to be a six-week series, but I feel like I don't need six weeks to get to what I want to get to. Um, We're going to cut it at four weeks, so this is the second to last episode. And then the last two weeks, there's going to be some implementation, and I'm going to be helping you guys with your own businesses. And if you're signed up to the email list, which you should be if you're listening to this in real time, or before August 10th, make sure you sign up for the email list. I'm going to be helping you with the actual implementation of what I was teaching in the last two weeks through the emails. And like I said, if you're subscribed to the email list, there's going to be a few special opportunities for you all to work with me for a lower price than what I usually charge. So keep that in mind while listening to this second to last episode. And then we'll continue next week with the last one, which will be more mindset and energetics um, and then implementation. So let's dive into it. 
So this week, we're going to be talking about the framework that I use to build my business, that I'm using to build my business, and the one that I teach and work through with my clients. Last week, we talked about the five V's. This week, we're going to be talking about the five C's, and we're going to be talking about things like content creation, how to build a community, networking, types of business models and monetization strategies, how to land brand deals and sponsorships if you want to become an influencer or just attach that to, you know, your brand as an entrepreneur, online service provider, because you don't necessarily need to adopt the influencer identity to land brand deals. And we'll talk about that. And how to sign your first clients if you're just getting started. And especially for the sake of time and simplicity, we're just going to, you know, help you get started. And if you've already, you know, kind of started your business and you're seeing some success, these things are still very applicable to you. And you might learn something that you didn't know before, a new perspective that you didn't know before. So even if you're, you know, you know, a seasoned business owner or you're already, you know, on your way to making the kind of money that you want to, I personally, you know, not just because I'm the host of this podcast and giving this information, these are things that like I didn't know coming into business, things that I wish I had learned sooner, um, so I hope that you'll stay with me through the episode because I feel like this is really valuable information that anyone can utilize no matter where you are in your business journey. And before we dive into the five C's, I do want to say that like building a business will take long-term commitment. It's not something that you're just going to do overnight. It's not a quick process. Um, and in order to have the success and the sustainability in your business, you want to build a really solid foundation. And that's what I'm trying to give you here with this episode and with this series is the foundation for you to build upon because without that foundation, you might see a little bit of success, but if you don't have these tools and know how to use them, it's likely that you'll get to the success and then you will have to either, you know, go back and implement things that you forgot along the way. If you skip steps or you, you know, had some gaps in your process and your systems, or on the mindset and energetic side of things, you might get to that success and you might sabotage it later on and have to start over from scratch. And I know first, firsthand how that works. And we're going to talk about that in the next episode where we'll dive really deep into the mindset you need to succeed and the energetics behind things. So I really want you to take this information and make sure that you are laying a really good, solid foundation for you to not only be successful, but to be able to sustain that success like financially, you know, emotionally, mentally, energetically, and just like practically with knowing what to do with your money and your clients and, you know, just all around success. So with that being said, let's talk about the five C's. The five C's are content, community, connections and collaborations, cash flow, and client experience. So we're going to start with content because this is the foundation of your business. And this is what most of your focus should be on if you're just getting started or if you're an influencer or a content creator, because your content is the very first entry point, point of contact for a new follower, a new client, customer, community member. Your content is what attracts your people, your audience. Have you ever heard that phrase, content is king? It's because your content is what will get you to the results that you desire in your business. We are very privileged to be able to use social media as free marketing and advertisement for our businesses. And so we want to be showing up online consistently and providing value to our community, to our audience, potential clients and customers through our content. And we're going to talk about what that means because I know you probably heard provide value, provide value, but like, what does that actually mean? We're going to talk about it. But first, just understanding that like content is one of the most important things that you're going to have to do if you want to not only grow a business, but to grow a community, an audience, a brand, 
And that's why I said to go back and listen to the last episode on how to build a powerful personal brand before getting into this one, because in order to create content that attracts the right people to you, to your community, to your business, you have to understand your brand well enough and be able to convey the message that you're trying to get across to that audience. So just to kind of reiterate what I said, like your brand is the first point of contact. It's what builds that know, like, and trust factor that we talked about in the last episode and getting your audience to connect with you on a deeper level, want to, you know, interact with you, follow you, potentially buy from you, and become a part of that bigger mission and movement that you are here to create. So in order to create content that is supportive of the business that you're trying to create or your goals as an influencer or a content creator, you have to know not only your brand, you have to know your niche as well. And there's a lot of conversation around, you know, whether to niche down or to not niche down. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. And I'll share like my experience with, you know, finding a niche and all that stuff. But the common understanding in the online space is that, you know, when you have a niche, when you have a specific zone of genius that you focus on or area of expertise or a specific topic or area that you want to be known for that you want to connect with your audience on, that you'll be able to grow and monetize faster. I honestly... I disagree. I don't think niching is the most important factor for growing an audience or monetizing that audience, but that's what a lot of people in the traditional business marketing space believe to be true about having a niche and growing a business or growing an audience, that you have to have a specific topic or area of expertise that you only talk about and you stick to that one area 24-7. I don't really think that is necessary for growing a really successful business or brand. Um, but you know, it, it definitely can help you get to where you want to be a little bit faster because when you are known for one specific thing, or you have like a specific area of expertise that you focus on, you are able to become known for that thing a lot faster. Like fitness influencers are able to grow their brands so quickly because they primarily talk about fitness or weight loss, or whatever, you know, you're doing, and that was true in my case. Last year when I grew my TikTok following, I was posting fitness content. I was in the fitness niche, weight loss niche, and I was able to grow and monetize that very quickly because I niched down so hard, but for me, niching down that, that much, it, like, felt like I was trapped in a box, and it frustrated me because I felt like I couldn't talk about or post about things that were outside of my weight loss journey or fitness or nutrition. And it just like, it made me so angry and annoyed because I felt like people were coming to my page to learn from me, which was great because, you know, they were buying my ebook and, you know, the brand deals and all that stuff. But at the same time, it felt like they didn't get to know me as a person. I felt kind of like Google and they were coming to me looking for the answers, expecting me to know everything. Um, And that's not the brand that I wanted to build. I wanted to have more of a lifestyle brand, talk about mindset and all the different things. Like I wanted to build my brand and business around me and my mission and vision, not just how to lose weight or how to get toned or how to work out. Like that's not what I wanted for myself and for my business. And so, like I said, it felt like I was kind of getting trapped in a box and I couldn't branch out and do other things. I'm a very multi-passionate person. I I'm a, I'm a one for a manifesting generator if you're into human design and I like to do all the things. I don't want to be put in a box. I don't want to talk about only one thing. And so that's where I think the conversation of 
brand versus niche comes in because if you focus on building a brand versus trying to niche down and only focus on one area or topic, you're going to be able to have so many more opportunities, be able to branch out, do all the things that you want to do because when you build a brand, it's focused on you and your message and not what you can do or what you know or the information that you're trying to provide like when you build a really powerful personal brand like we talked about in the last episode people know like and trust you not just the information that you're providing and so if say like you build an audience like I did if you don't want to be a fitness influencer anymore you can pivot into mindset or manifestation or business or like Emma Chamberlain was started on TikTok and now she has like coffee brand and a podcast and people follow her as a person not necessarily what she talks about or what she does or you know her quote-unquote niche they follow her because they love her brand her as a person not you know what she posts or what business she has or what offers and you know so when you're building your business your brand growing your audience you really want to think about like what your end goal is do you want to be known for one thing and one thing only and have people come to you for that specifically because you are an expert or that's your zone of genius and you don't really care about having that you know personal brand aspect to it and you know you plan on doing that one thing for the rest of your life and that's your goal cool you can niche down super hard and let that be your zone of genius your area of expertise and only show up online in that in that area But if you want to build a brand and you want to be known and have a bigger impact, you have a bigger message or movement that you're trying to create, you want to have the space and freedom to branch out and you don't see yourself doing one thing for the rest of your life and you want to also have that more personal aspect to growing a business or brand, you'd probably want to focus more on building that brand versus trying to niche down super hard. Um, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. You can try and do both simultaneously and you should try and do both simultaneously. Like it's good to have a little bit of both infused in there. Like with me, for example, I'm trying to build a little bit of both. I want to have a, you know, really powerful personal brand where people know, like, and trust me as a person and want to follow me in the long term as I grow and evolve as a person and, and an entrepreneur. But right now I'm also trying to build a business. So I do have a niche aspect of it. I'm not niche down super hard or anything. But I do, you know, work in the realm of self-improvement primarily, entrepreneurship. And so I'm trying to be known for that as well. But most of all, outside of being known for what I do, I want to be known for who I am. I don't want to feel like I'm trapped in a box and I can't share anything other than mindset or business content. You know, I want to be able to share parts of my life and when I travel and tell stories and have people want to interact with me, not just my content. Like if you want to go learn a whole bunch of information and have facts thrown at you, go to Google or chat GPT. Like I want to be known as me first and then what I can do for you, how I can help you, you know? So I think that's important to consider when you're trying to decide if you want to niche down and how you want to go about sharing what you have to offer and, you know, what kind of content that you want to create. And the last thing that I want to touch on with niching is deciding how you want to show up on social media and present your content to your audience. Even if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner and you are trying to grow a business, you don't have to conform to what might seem like the norm in 
the industry right now, like a lot of service providers have leaned into having, you know, a business platform where they're only promoting and talking about their business, providing content that is centered around their ideal client and the business that they're trying to build. But for me personally, I came from an influencer background and then got into business. And so I want to keep some of that aspect. Like I don't want to have a feed where I'm only talking about my business. Right now, I kind of have like six different social media accounts and you do not need to do that. But I wanted to kind of like have the opportunity to explore and play around with and experiment with my business and brand and social media and how I want to grow it. Because like I said earlier, I don't want to be trapped in a box again. Um, So I'm trying to kind of infuse being an influencer with being a business owner and allow myself the creative freedom to create like a content creator and an influencer and monetize and strategize like a business owner and entrepreneur. I definitely think that you can do both. If you're someone like me who wants to build a service-based business, like your goal is to have clients and educate and provide value um, through your content and through your social media, you don't have to only focus on that if you want to have a page where you also infuse lifestyle content and work with brands. You can do both. You can do both. Like you do not have to choose. And for a long time, I thought I had to choose. So I was, you know, I turned my personal page into my business page. And then I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to only talk about business on my page. I don't want to only be known as, you know, a coach or a mentor. I'm so much more than that. And I want to convey that to my audience. And I trust that the right people are going to find me and they're going to understand what I'm trying to accomplish here with this platform, with this page. And they'll want to work with me, not because of how my feed looks or, you know, how much educational content I have on my page, but they'll want to work with me because they see me as a person and they they see all of me. They see that influencer side, but they also see the entrepreneur and the coach and the mentor who can help them also get to where they want to be. So I just kind of wanted to backtrack to that and say that if you wanted to do both, you can. So now that we talked about the niche and the brand and all of that stuff, you want to think about what kind of content creator, entrepreneur, influencer you want to be how do you want to provide value to your audience and you know influencers and content creators provide value a little bit differently than entrepreneurs and business owners do but all types of content in some way are providing value to your audience like providing value is not just about teaching 24 7 or throwing facts at people or you know trying to show that you know the most information I think a lot of people confuse providing value with educating but value can be given in so many different ways so some different ways that you can provide value through your content is definitely education like that's one of the biggest ways to provide value is by educating your audience because people love to learn and especially if you are an entrepreneur service provider business owner providing education to your audience, they will love it. But you don't only want to provide value in the form of education unless you're like a teacher and that's that's your thing. Like some people on social media definitely do have brands that are focused only on teaching you. Um, I think of the holistic psychologist. She's the first person that popped into my head. She's always educating in some way. And she does touch on these other types of value that we're going to get into. But at the end of the day, her platform is to educate you. It's to teach you something. She wants you to take away something valuable in the form of, okay, I've learned something today when you watch her content or, you know, her videos. So 
education is one of the biggest ways to provide value, but entertainment is also another form of value. A lot of us are on social media because we want to be entertained, especially on TikTok. Inter that is like the entertainment platform. I know YouTube is also really big for entertainment. Um, and entertainment doesn't just mean like funny videos or dancing videos. Like when if you think of Alex Earl or Monet McMichael or, you know, those people, they're entertaining you in some way, shape or form. They're captivating you with what they're doing in their lives. Like Alex Earl is definitely known for being a party girl and you want to, you know, feed into that. So entertaining people is also another really big form of value. Another way that you can provide value to your audience is motivating them, inspiring them. Also empathizing with people. That's another way to provide value, showing people that you know what they're going through, that you relate to them, that you understand them. At the end of the day, everyone wants to feel seen, heard, and valued. And there's no better way to do that than by empathizing with your audience and telling your story. And that's the last part of, you know, providing value to your audience is through storytelling. People love a good story. One thing that I'm I'm learning as I build my business now and that I've seen change as we've moved into like this age of social media marketing and, you know, growing and scaling businesses virtually is that people don't want to be directly sold to. Like if I were to come on here and just be like, I have this ebook, buy it. Like you're not going to go buy it because there's there's no story connected to it. More than anything, people want to be invited to a party. They want to be invited into a story where they can see themselves in your shoes or you're positioning them as the hero of the story which is a whole nother whole nother branch there's a really good book that i'm in the middle of reading right now called building a story brand by donald miller if you want to get more into like the nitty-gritty of marketing um and building a brand that centers around storytelling that's a really great book but like i said storytelling is a great way to provide value and that you want to infuse into your content because people like to hear a story they like to follow the natural progression of a story arc where you have you know the hero and the problem they need to solve and then they have the tools that help them solve the problem or the guide that leads them to the problem and then they have the the big win at the end of the story they overcome all of their trials and tribulations like people love and want to hear about that they want to hear not only your story but as i said before like kind of what this guy donald miller talks about in his book is seeing themselves as the hero of story. So like I said, these are all really great ways to provide value to your audience. And there isn't one that's better than the other one. There's so many different, you know, types of content that you can create. We're not going to get it too deep into that today because we got a lot to get through. But I wanted you to understand like what types of content you can create and know what it means to provide value beyond just, you know, educate, educate, educate. So yeah, make sure that you are having a little bit of all of these different types of content. Because if you're providing value in all of these different areas, it doesn't matter what your feed looks like. It matters what you're sharing with your audience. So just kind of making sure that you are diversifying your content and having a little bit of education, entertainment, you know, motivation, inspiration, empathy, storytelling. That's what makes a really good brand and a really good business is having that diversity and being able to, you know, pour into each of these different buckets and allow your audience, your community, your followers to see different sides of you. At least in my opinion, that's what I think. And another side of providing value that I wanted to talk about is look at me content versus come with me content. 
look at me content is when you're creating for other people to look at you. Like you want to be seen and you're making content that centers around you and you're not really providing value to your audience outside of just kind of showing up and expecting them to care about your life and what you're doing without having the rapport built and building that brand and having them get to know, like, and trust you first. You're just kind of expecting to be able to throw up a get ready with me or a makeup video and have it, you know, reach new audiences and expect them to care about you before giving them, you know, some value, a reason to care about you uh, without actually like introducing yourself or even bringing them along for a story, which is what come with me content is. Because you can be a lifestyle influencer or content creator or have a lifestyle brand and talk about yourself, talk about, you know, your relationship or your kids or your makeup, whatever it is that you want to do. You can absolutely build a really powerful brand around you as a person and what you have to offer, but you have to bring people along for a story. Like you have to get them to want to come with you, not look at you because the point of social media is to be social, to build a community. It's to invite people into your story and have them be a part of it, not just watch it. That's the difference between, you know, influencers and content creators and celebrities. It's, we're not trying to look at you. We want to come with you. So I just wanted to kind of touch on that because I see a lot of people in the lifestyle space or, you know, trying to build their brands and social media off of just this look at me content where they're trying to get people to notice them. And it's, you know, kind of rooted in that vanity metrics of how many likes, followers, comments can I get? And they're not actually bringing people along for a journey, for a story, providing value to them, giving them something to, you know, grab onto and want to to follow and a mission or a movement that they can join in on and be a part of a community. So when you're creating content and building your brand, you want to think about when you go to post, is this piece of content to get someone to look at me or to come with me? Because I feel like if you're creating primarily look at me content, that's one of the reasons why you're not growing on your social media. But if you're creating come with me content and you're getting people invested in your story and in your brand and in your mission, your movement, your business, you're giving them a reason to want to come on that journey with you. That's when you'll see the most growth. And that's what I that's what I did when I first started with TikTok. I was making a lot of vlogs. I was doing a lot of um like I said, educational videos, but it was rooted in my routine. I was a, a junior in college and I was, you know, on a weight loss journey, a fitness journey. And I was sharing that. I was bringing people into the story and providing value through the education, entertainment, motivation, inspiration, storytelling. I was bringing them along for a journey and also at the same time, positioning them to see themselves as the hero in their own story. And, you know, I I did not know that I was doing any of this back then. I was just kind of like winging it completely. Like I had no intention of becoming an entrepreneur when I first started building a business. I didn't even think about, you know, brand deals and all that stuff. Like towards the, when I like really ramped up my content creation, I definitely did because like I said in the first episode, I had set my goal to become an influencer and like my goal was 20,000 followers. Um, So like, you know, towards the end, I definitely wanted that, but like, I didn't have the intention and the knowledge that I know now with, you know, these strategies, which is why I want to share it with you, because I think that's what made the biggest difference in helping me grow that audience initially. I was so focused on the come with me content and not the look at me content that I didn't care who was looking because I knew that there were people who I was helping who were coming along with me, who were on their own journeys and they wanted someone 
to walk that road with alongside them. They didn't want someone to just follow and they didn't look at me as like the influencer. They just saw me as Autumn on this journey who possibly potentially could help them with their own. So when you're creating content, think about these things. Think about whether you want to you know, niche down or whether you want to focus on the overarching brand and movement that you're trying to create. Think about what it means to provide value to you because you don't have to necessarily do all of these different types of value, but it's good to have, you know, the diversity. You can absolutely stick to education and motivation if that's your thing. So just think about that. Like think about what you want your business, brand, social media to look and feel like. What purpose you are creating that content for? Is it to land brand deals? or clients? Or is it to connect and create a community? Like, what are you creating the content for? Who are you creating it for? And then ask yourself, is this a look at me or come with me content? And there's so much other stuff that we could get into about content. Um, We're not going to do that today because we don't have time. I'm already like, what, 35 minutes in just talking about content and we still have four other C's to get to. So I hope this was enough to get your gears turning about the kind of content that you're creating and that it helped you understand like what types of content you can create. So yeah, let's talk about community because we spent about 30 minutes on content. The second C, community, is so important because brands and businesses are built on relationships and the most powerful, impactful brands focus on the community that they're trying to create because they know how powerful it is when a group of people come together for a cause or a mission, or when they have shared values, visions, and goals. Some really powerful brands that are amazing at, you know, creating community and rallying people behind, you know, a bigger vision or mission are Apple, Gymshark, Lululemon, Starbucks, sports teams, like all of these different brands and businesses have such a powerful community. Think about Apple. If you are an owner of an Apple product, you likely have more than one Apple product. If you have an iPhone, you likely have a MacBook or an iPad or an iMac. You know, not only are you going to have more than one device, you're not just buying into, you know, the, the physical piece of technology that you bought. You're buying into Apple as a brand. You're buying into innovation, creativity, luxury, possibilities. When people buy an Apple product, they're not buying the phone or the laptop or the Apple Watch. They're buying into the community, into the brand, into the vision, the mission. And we didn't talk a lot about this, but there's this idea of building a cult-like following and a little taboo. Um, But if you want a really powerful personal brand, all of the best ones have cult-like followings. Like people say all the time that Apple is a cult and it's a joke, but like low key, (laughs) it's true because people who buy into Apple products, into Apple's brand, they are ride or die for Apple. Like you will not see someone with an iPhone and a, and a MacBook, you know, with a a Galaxy a year later. Like <laughs> not no shade to my Android people. I love y'all. But you know what I mean? They're buying into the community, into the brand. So when you're going about building your brand or your business or your social media, you want to think about the community. You want people to be invested in more than just what you're trying to sell and in more than just watching your videos or, you know, laughing at your your memes or your your TikToks. You want your community to feel like they're a part of something bigger. That's why in the last episode, I talked a little bit about like what movement are you here to create? Because even more than following a person, people want to be part of a movement. 
They want to be part of a community with like-minded individuals, have shared values and visions and goals that they can connect with and relate with and um, have conversations with. So think about that movement. I, I don't know if I mentioned my previous mentor in the last episode, but my mentor, Bridget, she's built a really powerful movement and something that people have bought into. She's a business coach. And so her movement is about being a freedom queen. And so people now call themselves in her community, freedom queens. She's attached this name to her community members and they've adopted it as part of their identity. That's a really big part of building a community is having people want to attach what you've created to their identity. And, you know, even though they might not have a name for it, I'm going to go back to Apple. We have adopted that as part of our identity. Like I'm an iPhone user. I don't, I don't fuck with Androids, you know, like people will say that like, and so I think that a really big part of creating that community is giving people a reason to want to be invested in the bigger vision, the bigger movement. And having a cute name like Freedom Queens can go a long way. Like for mine, soft CEOs. I heard one of my friends the other day, she was like, I'm just so ready to be a soft CEO. And I was like, yes, yes, queen. Yes, you are. Keep saying it. Like, I love hearing when people say that to me now because it's something that I'm trying to create and people who follow me or or who are part of my community, I'm hoping that now they'll start attaching um, parts of their identity to being a soft CEO because that is something that is bigger than just me, bigger than just my business. So really think about that when you are trying to go about building your business and your brand. Because having a strong community is not only important for bringing people together, but it's also very important for word of mouth marketing. As a business owner, entrepreneur, online service provider, word of mouth marketing is so powerful. It's so powerful. When you have a really strong community, people will do your marketing for you. Like it's, you're not going to have to go out and, you know, try and get clients, get customers. You're going to naturally attract them to you because the people that know, like, and trust you, who love you and your services or your content, they're going to do the work for you. One of my favorite things is when I see someone share my podcast or my post or they'll give me a testimonial for after they've worked with me because that's just a testament to not only my business and what I'm trying to create, but they're helping me grow my community, not just make sales or make money, but they're helping me to bring people into the community that I'm trying to create and the mission and movement that I'm trying to create. And I'm attracting more like-minded people to that community. So it's the same thing for you. Like you want to have a community someplace that people can feel like they can go to and be invested in beyond just your brand, your content, your business. Like creating a community isn't just for you. It's for the people who are part of that community more than anything. And so how do you actually create that community? You talk about it. You talk to people. You connect. You start conversations. You talk about the mission and the vision and the movement relentlessly. I want to go back to my mentor, Bridget. She talked about that shit all the time before it really popped off. She's a really great example of someone who's done this. Um, I'll put her Instagram in the show notes if you want to go look and see, but she's very good at always saying in her marketing and when she's showing up on social media and talking to people, she's like, Hey, freedom queen. I don't know if I'm going to go around saying, Hey, soft CEOs, but you know, I definitely have started to put it into my content a little bit more because I want people to start to get to know that name, associate 
themselves with that name, see themselves as being a soft CEO. And so that's how you start to build that community. You talk about it. You talk to people. You bring people in. You attract them to the mission and the vision. And then once you start attracting them, you want to have a place for them to come together. You want to create a safe space where they can connect, where they can connect with each other, not just with you. So like having a group chat on WhatsApp or Telegram or Voxer. You can even have a broadcast channel now on Instagram, um, a Facebook group, monthly or weekly events. That's the next one. You can do virtual or in-person events. There's so many different things that you can do for your community. Um, and they don't have to be paid. Like these are free things that you can do to nurture the people who you care about. Because at the end of the day, if you're building a heart-centered soul-led business, which I hope that you are, you are building it for the people. Like they should be your priority, caring about them, nurturing them, connecting with them. And so while having paid events and opportunities to invest in themselves is nice, make sure that you're including community activities that are free for people who want to be in your energy, be in the energy of other like-minded people and who want to connect and interact with not only you, but with each other. So now that we talked about community, we're also going to talk about connections and collaborations, which is more of networking than community building. Networking is just as important as community building, and they're very similar, but they're a little bit different if you're an entrepreneur, business owner, service provider, because it's nice to build a community of people that you can serve and that you want to help, but you also want to be building a community of people who are doing what you're trying to do, who have similar goals as you, who are going in similar directions as you. You want to build your network because it's not only what you know and how much content you can produce and how many people you can attract. Part of building a really successful and sustainable business is who you know, because you never know what door someone else might be able to help you open. And when you have connections with other entrepreneurs or content creators or influencers, it gives you the ability to have a support system to have people who are on this journey with you, who want to help you and see you succeed and win. And you guys can support each other through this process of growing a brand and a business. Because this is hard. You need people. You need good people, friends, a community of like-minded individuals who can help you get there. One quote that I really love that I think summarizes this is that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think about like, I think I've given this analogy before in the past, but when you, when people go to climb mountains, I almost said we, but I don't climb mountains, <laughs> at least not yet. <laughs> people who climb mountains, they often go in teams and each person is individually climbing that mountain. Like they're all on their own journey, but they're also helping each other. They're going up the mountain together and everyone is going to eventually reach the top, but it's going to be so much better if you go with a team than if you try and go alone. Think about if someone tried to climb Mount Everest by themselves, they would die. <laughs> And that's not funny. I'm sorry. But like, it's, it's reality. Like you cannot climb Mount Everest alone. Why do you think that you can build a successful and sustainable business alone? It's going to be so much easier, so much more fun if you go with others who are also on the same or a similar journey. Do not try and climb the Mount Everest of building a business by yourself. It, you will be miserable and lonely and it won't be fun. And I think a really important aspect of building a business and a brand is that it's supposed to be fun. If you wanted to be miserable and make money, you could go do something that you hate, but you're building this business because you want to do it because it's something that you love. So make sure that you have a community of people, a network of people who can not only support you and help you to get where you want to be, but who understand where you're, what you're going through, who understand what issues that you're struggling with, 
what you're trying to overcome, and who can walk alongside you. Some other reasons that could be beneficial to collaborate with others and build connections is that you get new ideas and perspectives, you can reach new audiences, make friends. And I also think that it really shows that you believe in abundance because I feel like people who are in competition with others versus collaborating with others are in scarcity. Like if you're trying to go at it alone and you feel like you don't need a community or you don't want a community because you feel like, you know, if you talk with other people about your business ideas or about what you're trying to do, they're going to sabotage you or steal your ideas or whatever stories you may be telling yourself about why it's bad to network or collaborate with others. That just shows you're in a scarcity mindset and you're not believing in the abundance that's available for all of us. Because when you collaborate and connect with other entrepreneurs and other women, as you rise, they rise. As they rise, you rise. You guys rise together. But if you're competing with other women, other entrepreneurs, and you're trying to get ahead of them, or you feel like there's not enough for all of you and you have to get to the money or the clients or the followers or the success before they get to it, that's scarcity right there. The more that you can accept that, there is more than enough to go around, that we live in a world of abundance, that there's enough money, there's enough clients, there's enough followers, there's enough success for all of us to have a little slice of the pie and you lean into it and you collaborate and connect with the other women who are trying to do what you're trying to do, that's when the abundance will really start to flow in because there's nothing more powerful than a group of people who are coming together for similar cause, similar vision, similar mission, and they're helping each other along the way. Like you do not have to compete with the person next to you. Everybody can win the race. Everyone, like I said before, will get to the top of the mountain. And it's going to be so much better if you go together than try to go alone and compete to get there first. And one thing that I wanted to talk about with networking and collaborating is networking across versus networking up. Most people tend to try and network up. They think that networking is about you know, reaching out to people who are quote unquote above you or who are more successful than you. And you want to build your network that way by reaching people who already have the audience that you want to have or who already have the money that you want to have, the success. And we should strive to network up. Like it's very important to network up, but it's just as important, if not more important to network across. Networking across is when you network and collaborate with people who are at the same level as you, or I don't want to say beneath you, but like connecting and collaborating with people who are trying to get to where you want to be. Like you want to network with your peers, people who are, you know, at similar levels that you're at right now. Because like I said before, you never know where your next client or follower or community member will come from. It could come from someone who you do alive with. By networking across, you're giving yourself the opportunity to leverage the audience and community of your peers. And this kind of goes back to that abundance mindset idea because you want other people to be able to connect with, learn from, buy from your friends and peers. Like there's enough to go around. Someone can buy from you and from your friend who's in the same industry or who's doing the exact same type of coaching or service that you do. And, you know, you don't have to make it mean something about you as a business owner or, you know, your friends taking clients from you. No, there's enough to go around. People can have more than one mentor. They can, you know, follow more than one person. I said this before, you can shop at Target and Walmart. Like you don't have to choose between the two. So networking across gives people the opportunity to grow together because when you cross pollinate and, you know, you know, share your audience with their audience and their audience with your audience, you guys are going to grow together.
And so some ways that you can, you know, network and collaborate and connect with new people is to go to networking events. They have them virtually, but they also have them in person. Um, I love going to networking events. I think it's so fun and amazing, especially like I haven't been to like a business conference yet or mindset conference, but I've seen them on social media and they look amazing. Like I cannot imagine being in a room with thousands of other people who are just like me and who are ambitious and have goals and businesses that they're excited to grow and, you know, connect with one another. Um, that's on my manifestation list for 2024 when I come back from Spain, um, going to start going, starting to go to more in-person events. One in-person event that I went to last year was a retreat in the Dominican Republic with Samantha Daly. Um, that was one of my favorite experiences ever. That was the first kind of networking experience that I've ever had. It was more of a community experience and networking. But some of my friends now that I met at that retreat are other business owners because Samantha is a business coach. And so, so naturally she attracted other women who are entrepreneurs or who are aspiring entrepreneurs. And so now there's with my friends. Some of them have been on my podcast. Some of them are coming on my podcast. Some of them will be guest speakers when I launch my group program. Being able to go and be in person with other women, um, it was an experience unlike any other. I, I could talk about this retreat endlessly, but for the sake of time, um, I just want to say that like I cannot speak highly enough about going to an in-person event like a retreat or a conference or um, a networking event. And you can look up some of those on, I think it's like meetup.com or Eventbrite. You can just look up on Google networking events in my area and you should find some within your, you know, niche. Even like posting on social media, if you're an influencer or a content creator and you want to have meetups with other influencers and content creators in your area, share that on your story. Plan a day at like a park or rent out a, um, a photography space, photography studio, and post it on social media and invite other influencers or content creators, or entrepreneurs to come and work together, take pictures together, dress up and, you know, get content together. I think that would be so fun and cute. I'm planning to do that while I'm in Spain. So little things like that that you can do in person are amazing. And also virtual networking events are just as beneficial. Like I said, there's a lot of different events that you can go to virtually. You just have to look for them. And some other ways that you can collaborate with your peers and with your community that you're building and your network that you're building is through Instagram or TikTok Lives. Another way is guest speaking. If someone is hosting a conference or a workshop or a virtual um, course, you can be a guest speaker for someone else's community or have someone come into your community and be a guest speaker. You can do podcast swaps. I do that all the time with some of my friends who are other podcasters. They'll have me on their show. I'll have them on my show. And then we invite both of our communities to listen to both podcasts. Like I said before, there's more than enough to go around. There's more than enough to go around. Collaborating with another person will not take away from your success or your growth. If anything, it's just going to help you. So make sure that you are collaborating with other people, that you're networking across, not just up, and that you are finding your community, your tribe of women, of people who want to see you win and who want to help you get there. Another great way to network and collaborate is to get into masterminds, get into a group coaching container, Get into um, a free masterclass or workshop and get to know other women who are signed up for another mentor's community. And it's not to like, you know, steal their clients or try and like make them 
join your program, connect with other women who are on the same path and who are already being led by someone. You know, I'm in a mastermind right now. I've been in masterminds before. And some of my best friends in business are the ones that I met in a group coaching program that I did or in a mastermind that I did. You have to intentionally put yourself in spaces and experiences to cultivate the connections and the relationships that you want to have especially if you are a entrepreneur or business owner, it's so important to have that community, build those connections, build your network and collaborate with other women. So now we're going to talk about the fourth C, which is cash flow. We're almost there. We're almost at the fifth one. I promise. I told y'all it was going to be a lot, um, but we're almost there. So cash flow. How are you going to generate money in your business? If you're not making money, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. <laughs> and this is so hard to hear sometimes that you don't have a business, you have a hobby if you're not making money. But it's true, like in order to have a business, you have to be generating money. You gotta have some cash flow, some revenue. Um, so we're gonna talk a little bit about monetization strategies, business models, and how you can monetize your magic. There's so many ways to monetize your brand and business on social media. But the ones that we're going to talk about right now are digital products and e-learning, physical products and merchandise, brand deals and partnerships, affiliate marketing, and then services like coaching, mentorship, virtual assistance, freelancing, graphic design, social media managers. Like there's so many different ways you can monetize on social media. Since I dove really deep into the first email with each of these monetization strategies and how to get started and what they are, I'm not going to go too, too deep into it right now, but all of these are very lucrative opportunities right now in the online space. They all have very low startup costs, but they do take time, energy, and effort to build. And no matter what, you know, method of monetizing you're going to use, having a powerful personal brand, I think is the first step to actually monetizing. And I said, said this in the first episode, like you don't necessarily need to have a personal brand in order to, you know, have a side hustle or to, you know, make money online. But if you want to have a brand and business that is sustainable and where you're kind of front facing, you are the face of your brand, having a foundation of a personal brand first before trying to monetize it is essential. So if you haven't listened to that episode already, what are you still doing here? <laughs> Go listen to it. So the monetization strategy is just like, what mechanism are you going to use to grow your business and make money? The business model is the framework that you're going to use for how you want to run your business, build your business. And it helps you understand the systems and the processes that you need in order to you know, be profitable and be successful and make a plan for getting there. So the types of business models that you can have as an online service provider or an influencer or a content creator is that fee for service, like we talked about with um, brand deals and partnerships and being a service provider, a subscription business model where people are paying just like a rate per month in exchange for the service or access to you. Um, you can do bundles where you're packaging things together. So like, say you did a like five master classes and you want to bundle that into an offer for like $2.99 or something like that. You can do bundles. The affiliate business model, like we talked about, you sell someone else's product for commission, drop shipping. And there's a lot of other business models out there. And we're not going to talk about like business models in terms of 
business to business or business to consumer. Like that's a little too nitty gritty for right now. But I wanted to outline the different business models that are available to you and the different ways that you can monetize and some things that you'll want to consider when you're picking your business model and your strategy for monetizing is are things like if you want to do high ticket sales or low ticket sales, if you want to have a lot of clients or a small number of clients, if you want to have passive income and offers or active offers where you have to show up and, you know, put time in, in real time in order to be paid, how much time do you want to dedicate to building the offer and or fulfilling the offer, the level of responsibility that you want to have in your life and business. This is a new one for me that my mentor introduced me to um, because for me right now, I don't want a lot of responsibility in my business. I'm about to move to Spain and teach. So for me, it wouldn't be realistic for me to have a business model where I have 10 different offers and you know I have to spend 10 hours a week actively teaching um, a group program or having, you know, a hundred one-on-one clients in my roster. That's not realistic. So that's like kind of what we're talking about with level of responsibility and things you need to consider when you're choosing a business model and how you're going to monetize. And for the sake of time, we're not going to go into it right now. Um, but there will be opportunities for us to talk about this more in the future in future episodes and in programs if you want to work with me. So lastly, I wanted to quickly talk about brand deals and affiliate marketing. And in the last episode, I talked a little bit about why brands like to collaborate with influencers versus traditional marketing. And I'll, you know, kind of touch on it really quickly. But basically, brands in the past, brands and businesses, they would spend like thousands, if not millions of dollars to market their businesses through traditional, you know, marketing and advertising like commercials, um, billboards, um, putting their ads in magazines, all of those different things. And the landscape of business and marketing and sales and advertising has changed so much with social media. And so now it is more profitable for brands to invest in an influencer or influencers to market their products because the way that people are buying has changed so much. And um, when people see that an influencer is endorsing some, endorsing a product or that they use it, and they know, like, and trust that influencer, someone is more likely to buy that product because they saw their favorite influencer or content creator um, using that product than if they were to see it in a commercial or in an ad or a magazine because they have a personal emotional connection to that influencer, which will make them want to buy into that product more than if they were to see it on a commercial. You know, you can be so profitable as an influencer. It's a really great opportunity to make money for you and to allow a brand to leverage your audience, to use your face and help them market and sell their products. But I will say, make sure that you were, you know, representing brands that are that are ones that you already like to use that are, you know, good brands that have good reputations because one bad brand deal can, you know, it can ruin your reputation. So you want to make sure that when you're, you know, working with a brand, it's brands that you already know, like, and trust. Like I would never represent a company that I didn't believe in what they're doing, or I haven't used a product myself or a service myself. Like I wouldn't recommend something that, you know, I didn't actually like. And next, we're going to talk about the fifth C, which is client slash customer attraction and experience. And this is just as important as cash flow because um, whether you're an influencer slash content creator or you're a service provider and business owner, clients are the foundation of your business. They're how you're going to make money. Um, you're either going to be making it from people who buy your products or services 
or if you're an influencer, you're, you're going to be having brands as your clients and creating content for them. So you want to think about like attracting clients versus trying to go and chase them. One thing about me is I'm not chasing nobody. I'm not chasing anybody. And like I said earlier in this episode, people don't want to be directly sold to. They don't want you to chase after them and try and force your offer down their throat. Think of it as like inviting someone to a party. Like everybody wants to be invited to the party. Some people will choose not to go to the party and that's okay. Some people will come to the party. They'll drink all the drinks, eat all the food, chat with everybody. And we love that. Like those are the, those are the people we want at the party, people who are engaged and who want to be there. So think about, you know, when you're attracting clients and customers, try to attract them, you know, send the invitation out, tell them about the party, be excited about the party, you know, ask them if they want to come. And if they say no, if they can't make it, that's okay. It's not about you. They just probably weren't in the mood for the party that night. But if they want to come and they're excited and they're ready and they're going to show up with their best outfit and, you know, the high energy that you want to have at the party, amazing. Welcome those people with open arms. But do not force someone to try and come to a party that they do not want to be at because they will not be happy. They will not be happy. So think about, you know, how you want to go about attracting your clients and where your clients are coming from. A lot of my clients come from social media, from my content, but then they also come from lead magnets. And we're not gonna talk about that right now because we don't have time. Um, but they can also come from referrals, uh, from your network, from collaborating with other people. Your clients can honestly come from anywhere, but they will primarily be coming from social media if you are a online service provider or content creator slash influencer. So that's the attraction side of things, the experience side of things, as far as clients go. If you are a service provider, you want to make sure that you are leveraging your knowledge and expertise and also your energy. And this is why branding is so important because Google is free. You know, people can go to Google and they can learn all they want to learn about the topic that you're trying to sell them on or that you're trying to help them with if you're, you know, a graphic designer. Now there's AI that can, you know, do graphics and stuff for people. So your brand is what sets you apart from Google and from AI because people love to connect with real people. I would rather have a real human do my wedding invitations than just go, you know, have an AI do it or download something from Canva because someone else is going to pour more time, effort, energy, and attention into that wedding invitation than, you know, a computer would or a digital download that's the same as thousands of other people who've bought that digital download from Etsy. So making sure that your brand is solid, that people know, like, and trust you and want to buy from you is so important um, because when people have Google to go to and to other service providers, you want them to choose to come to you, not because you know more or because you're better than someone else, but because they know, like, and trust you. And also when you are creating an experience for your clients, you want to make sure that you are providing the value that you know how to give, you know, not working outside of your zone of genius or your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Or your qualifications. And you're focusing on the transformation that you are trying to provide to your client or customer, making sure that they're satisfied with what they're purchasing, serving your clients, facilitating the transformation that they are investing in you to help them get, and making sure that the value that you provide matches the price tag of what you're selling. And then for influencers, client attraction and experience looks a little bit different um, because you're working with brands. So you want to attract a brand based on not only how many followers you have, but the community that you have, the engagement that you have. Um, what's your brand look like, your niche? Do you have a media kit? Do you have rates? 
you have to know these things. You have to have these things set up so that when a brand comes to you or when you're pitching a brand, you are approaching it from a professional perspective because influencers and contributors, like a lot of people, you know, they think that they're not serious jobs, but they are. You have to be professional and you have to make sure that you have the system set up to support you when you're going to pitch a brand or when they're coming to you to work with you. You also want to make sure that you have trust with your audience. And like I said before, you work with brands you already know, like, and trust. Don't let these brands take advantage of you because they will if you let them. So make sure that you do your research and that you are informed about what it means to actually be an influencer because it's not, it's not just creating content and then getting paid. There's so much more that goes into it. So make sure that you're that if you don't do your research, you invest in a mentor or a coach who can help you work through it. So I'm sorry I just kind of like sped through client attraction and experience. It's not the most important point that I wanted to make here, but it is one of the important foundations for building a sustainable and successful business. If you guys want to learn more about client attraction and experience, DM me and let me know. I can do another episode. I just kind of wanted to cut this one off because it's going on two hours now. Um... And I will be hosting a program in the fall that will cover this. So if that's something you're interested in, or if you want one-on-one help and support, please DM me, send me an email. I'm apply for one-on-one mentorship. The link is in the show notes. Um, The links for everything are in the show notes. If you're not signed up for the email list already, I highly recommend doing that because whatever I didn't mention in this episode is going to be in that email, as well as a recap of what we covered today. But yeah, that was a lot of information. So if you feel overwhelmed, relax, take a deep breath. It'll be okay. Um, just kind of go back, come to, come back and listen to this. Read through the email that you'll get on Friday and kind of like digest the information, process it. And then if you have questions, my email is always open. My DMs are always open. Um, I'm not going to charge you to chat with me um, or ask your questions. There also will be a Q&A episode that I'm going to do. Um, so the Q&A form will be in this week's email. If you have specific questions about your business that you want me to answer in the Q&A episode, let me know. I can absolutely do that for you. But yeah, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being here. Please make sure to leave us a rating and review, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next week.